Welcome to the Center Ranch Church Weekly Podcast. We believe that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. You guys can be seated. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Good to see you this morning. Thank you so much for being here. It's exciting we get to be together on Christmas morning. As Pastor Jonathan said, also the last Sunday of 2022, so the last time we'll be together like this until, until next year. And so it's, it's good to have you here today. I, I really appreciate you being here this morning on Christmas morning, yeah. uh, fighting ice. And uh, I'm not sure if you noticed or not, the last couple days have been a, a little bit nippy. I don't know if you, you noticed that, but... Uh, you know, adverse weather conditions, Christmas morning. I really appreciate that you got up and came to church this morning. I, I believe that the Lord appreciates, appreciates that too. You know, Christmas, one of the things about the Christmas season is that there is so much going on with get-togethers and shopping and different meals and special events, and nothing's necessarily wrong with any of it, just kind of the, the busyness of Christmas. You've got, you know, three or four movies that you feel like you have to watch before Christmas comes, and just all the things that go along with Christmas. You really have to be intentional about focusing your, your heart and your mind to the fact that Christmas isn't about any of those things. And we know that, but you, you've, got, you've got to push things out and be intentional. Then you, wait, wait, wait. Christmas isn't about shopping. Christmas isn't about all the get-togethers. Christmas isn't about the food. It, it's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And if you aren't careful and if you aren't intentional, Christmas can come and go, and you're kind of looking over your shoulders thinking, man, I, I kind of missed that opportunity to really focus my heart on what it, was, what it was all about. And Christmas is really like a microcosm of life. That's not just the Christmas season that functions that way. That's, that's life. It's not just that Christmas is about Jesus. Life is about Jesus. It's, it's all about Jesus. And just like the Christmas season can get so uh, congested with stuff and things and distractions that people can miss what it's really all about, that's the way life operates, that people can get caught up with, with work and vacation and hobbies and paying the bills and accumulating stuff and not realize, man, life is about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Amen? My, my life is to be about, about Jesus. So again, I, I appreciate you being here this morning, I want to read to you from the, the Gospel of John, John's uh, account of the Christmas story. We'll just read a few verses. John chapter 1, starting in verse 9, it says, The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld, or we saw, his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace, and truth. Father, again, we thank you for today. Thank you for loving us so much. We thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for coming in obedience. Lord, I praise you. We give you thanks today that we get to celebrate the amazing love, goodness, kindness, mercy, grace of our Heavenly Father. We praise you today. 
as you speak to our hearts, bring fresh revelation and understanding. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. You know, we celebrate Christmas not, not as a ritual. Christmas isn't just a ritual that we go through this time of year every year. And really, we're not supposed to celebrate Christmas just as a religious holiday. This isn't just another holiday, but this one kind of has some like religious significance. We, sh- we should celebrate Christmas for what it is. Christmas is a revelation. That's what Christmas is. Christmas, we are celebrating a revelation. In the verses that we just read, the way that John kind of describes the Christmas story, he says that light came into the world. The one who was light, the one who was the true light came into the world. That's the arriving of Jesus, that, that, Christmas, that Christmas morning. Jesus came. He was the light of the world. A few chapters later in John chapter 8, Jesus describes himself as the light of of the world. When Isaiah was talking about Jesus, prophesying about him in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2, it says this, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine, pointing to the arrival of Jesus, this light shining in darkness. Now when the Bible uses the imagery of light and dark, it's not just uh, good versus evil. That light is people who are kind and nice and live good, wholesome lives, and darkness is sinister, evil, plotting people. There's more to it than just good versus evil. One of the key things about light and darkness is that light has to do with revelation, the ability to see, the ability to comprehend. And darkness is the inability that people can't see, people can't comprehend. So when light came into the world, it's the ability, the ability to see. And darkness is when people lack the ability to perceive. So in Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about people who are darkened in their understanding. When it says darkened in their understanding or darkened in their minds, it's not talking about people who just think evil, evil plotting thoughts. And it's not talking about people who are unintelligent. It's not saying that they're dumb. It's saying that they're darkened in their understanding. They they can't grasp the reality of the gospel. They, they, They can't see it. So as John is talking about Christmas, he says a light, the true light came, the true light came into the world. People were in darkness and light came. Light came stepping into the world. It was an opportunity for people to see like they had never seen before, for people to see in a way that they had never seen before. When when light comes, it removes darkness. So when revelation comes, it removes ignorance. It removes confusion. It removes deception. It lets people see the way things truly are, the way things really are, and that's what Jesus was doing when he came. Light was coming so that whatever misconceptions, wherever people were confused, They couldn't see what God was really like, what the Father was really like. Jesus came as light so people could see, people could see reality. So in John's version of of the Christmas story, Jesus comes as light into darkness. That people could see what the Father was really like. In John chapter 14, Philip asks Jesus, says, hey, you know what? We, We would really like to see the Father. Could you show us the Father? You remember what Jesus says? He says, are you kidding me? 
I mean, what do you think I've been doing this whole time? If you have seen me, you've seen, you've seen the Father because Jesus was a revelation where people thought maybe God was cruel, God was wanting just to be a fault finder, where God was mean-spirited or whatever misconceptions they had about God. Jesus was coming to destroy that. He was light into darkness so that people could really see what the Father, what the Father was like in the person of Jesus. That's how God was revealing himself. He Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. It says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his, by his son. That all the ways God was working to reveal himself, to, to let people know what he was really like, it culminated or climaxed in the person of Jesus coming. That in Jesus, you could see a revelation of the love of God, the power of God, the mercy of God, the kindness of God, that you can really have. People walked with Jesus. People knew him and had relationship with him. It's a revelation of the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father, not certain aspects. He didn't say, hey guys, you remember that one time I, I, I ministered to that person? You remember that one time I did this? Everything he did, he was a revelation of, the, he, he was light. That if you saw him, you could see what the Father was like. He was removing ignorance and confusion and deception off of minds and off, and off of hearts. 1 John 3, 8 says, for this reason, this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest or revealed. Talking about Christmas, that Jesus was revealed. That the, that the devil, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So there's all kinds of things that we could, we could talk about from that verse. Lots of significance we could pull out of what Jesus did to destroy the works of the devil. We could talk about his death, burial, and resurrection, how he took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave. We could talk on and on about what Jesus accomplished, but just a very surface level, basic understanding of that verse let, lets us know that at the revelation of Jesus, the manifestation of Jesus, the devil is destroyed. Anytime that Jesus is revealed, whenever Jesus is make, made known, a byproduct of that is that the enemy's work is destroyed. Anytime Jesus is revealed, it drives the enemy back. That's the nature of light. The nature of light is that it just, it just inherently removes darkness. Light doesn't have to do anything but be true to its nature and destroy darkness. Amen? And so the Christmas story, Christmas is a revelation. When we celebrate Christmas, what we are celebrating is a revelation that came into the world that people could know God and know his character and walk with him like they had never known him. It had never been revealed before like it was in Jesus. The accessibility to know God, God with us, Emmanuel, to have the spirit of God dwell in us. Christmas is a revelation. Jesus is, is the true light that came into the world. So it's a reminder of that, but Christmas is also a reminder of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 14. He said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the world, in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So Jesus didn't just say, I am the light of the world, talking about himself. 
He went beyond that. Once we become followers of Jesus, he then said that that applied to you as well. If you know Jesus, then Jesus said, you too are the light of the world. And then he begins to use these illustrations that you you don't light a light and then do something to prevent that light from giving light. It doesn't make any sense. When you light a light, what you want it to do is to shine and to give light, to give revelation, to to reveal, to shine to the people that are all around wherever you have lit that light. So he says you need to let your light shine. So if you know Jesus, you, you are the light of the world. You are a revelation that your life, just like Jesus' life, is to be a revelation of the goodness of God and the kindness of God, the power of God, the love of God. And we, we are the light of the world. That means we are to be revelation that when people see you, when people interact with you, they're getting a revelation that God isn't just some figment, some religious theory or doctrine out there somewhere. They get a real revelation. You are the light. You are the revelation. That when people, people see you interact with you, man, I got a taste of the love of God. Man, I got a revelation that God is real, that his love, his mercy, his kindness, his power is real. God wants to reveal himself through you, through us, those of us who know him. And then he talks about how you don't light a light and put it underneath something, which sounds absurd. Why in the world would you light a light and then cover, cover that light? But Jesus felt it was necessary to give that teaching, to give that instruction, because there would be people who become light, they become the light of the world, and then fail to function as the very thing that they've been transformed into. Jesus dealt with it, and then Paul dealt with that same thing in Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 8, it says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk or live as children of light. He says that you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So one of the things that's important is just to appreciate the incredible transformation that takes place in someone's life when they accept Jesus. You don't move from a secular person to a religious person. You don't just transform from someone who does whatever they felt like, but now now i got to read this book and follow its rules. That's not the transformation that happens. He says you were once darkness. I was once darkness. I didn't just do dark things. I wasn't just in the darkness. He says, I I was darkness itself. You were darkness itself. And when you came to know Jesus, in Colossians chapter 1, it says that you were moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. And that's obviously accurate. It's true that you're moved from one place. But it's it's not just relocation. In that relocation, there is a transformation that happens that you were darkness. And then you aren't just in the light. Now you're not just doing good things. You become the light itself. You are light. And then he says you are to live as the light. You once were darkness, not anymore. If you know Jesus, now you are light. But it doesn't happen automatically. That's why he's got to instruct. Now you need to live, to live like children of light, to walk as as light. That there were people that had been transformed into light but failed to do what light is supposed to do. What is light supposed to do? Light is supposed to reveal. It is a revelation. It it shows things. What you couldn't see before, now because of the light, oh, I I can see it now. I can perceive it because that light has come. You know, there's a light in this sanctuary right over there, second one back along the wall that doesn't work, and it irritates me. It frustrates me. We've called about it. It bothers me. Now you can just look at that light with with a... disdain on your face, just shame it. 
See, it, it doesn't do the, the one thing that light is supposed to do. It, it, it doesn't do it. And so we, we've called about it. We've complained about it. Every once in a while, I'll look over there. I'm eagerly longing for that light to do what a light, what a light is supposed to do right? It's not just me longing for that stupid fixture over there. There are people around us in our community, all over the world, but for us in our community, there are people around us that have that same kind of longing, whether they realize it or not, longing for light to do what light is supposed to do, to reveal, to shine, to help me see things. Otherwise, it's impossible for me to be able to see. I've got to have light to remove darkness off of my mind. People need it. People need the light to shine and not to stay hidden and contained within. All of creation, the Bible says in, in Romans chapter 8, it says, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. And I understand in context what's that, what that is speaking about. But you can get a sense that that is true for all of creation, that there is a longing on the inside for the sons of God, the daughters of God, those that have been transformed from darkness and light, not to stay hidden, but to be revealed, to be made, to be made manifest. If you know Jesus, you are light. Your presence should threaten darkness. You, you are the light of the world. It should be a threat to darkness where, wherever we go. Just being true to your nature. That, that's all light has to do is be true to its nature and darkness, darkness is driven, driven back. Not to put light under a cover. You know, if you put light under a cover, what you're actually doing is protecting darkness that a light can function in a way where instead of destroying darkness, it is actually working to protect it because if it's revealed, it automatically drives darkness, drives darkness back. That we can't keep our light contained or hidden. You were made to be a force that drives darkness off of people's minds and hearts. You are the light of the world. Now he says to live like it. You are a revelation. You, you are light. It's the same thing. You are a revelation. Say it. I am a revelation. I'm a re I, I am light. Say I am light. Let me read one more verse, then we'll pray. Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. It says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. That's a command. It's an instruction from the Old Testament, one of the commandments. And then you can get a sense that, that God, there's something about this that really irritates God, the way that it's phrased. Let me read it again. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Okay, it's pretty clear, right? Don't, whatever that is, we'll get to that. Don't, don't do it. But then he, he comes back around, just to let you know, this, this really kind of irritates God. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Now, if you grew up like me, uh, the only thing I ever heard out of that verse is you shouldn't use God's name as a cuss, Right? And when you get really angry, when you get really frustrated, that you shouldn't use God's name to express your frustration and, and your anger, which I, I think is probably really good advice. You, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. But when you look at this verse, it, that, that's not what it's saying. He's not saying, hey, find another name to say when you're angry. Hey, find, when you know you get really ticked off, just say something else. Don't say it. He, he's saying something more than that. Don't take. The word, the word take doesn't mean, it doesn't mean say. You look it up in the Hebrew. So it's not saying don't say it. It's not saying don't, it doesn't mean curse, don't, don't curse it. It says don't take the name of the Lord. The word take means to bear or to carry. That you, you carry his name, you bear his name. That it, it comes on you. I, I, I'm going to bear the name of God.
You know, when I first met my wife, she had a, she had a different last name than me. But when we got married, she took my name. And so now she has, we have the same last name now after she took my last name, right? That's the way take is being used here. Not, not saying it when you're angry, that you bear it, that I let that name come on me, that I am, in the New Testament, I am a Christian. I bear the name of Christ. I have taken his name. Now he says, don't take it in, in vain. The word vain means empty or pointless. If you've ever worked on something really, really hard, man, I worked so hard and it didn't, it didn't amount to anything. There was no fruit from it. You say, oh my gosh, all the work I did and it was, it was all in vain. What, what you're saying is, man, it didn't, nothing came of it. It was all pointless. It says, don't take God's name and it, there, there'd be no difference. There, there's nothing, nothing changes. It's all, it's, it's, it's meaningless. Now, when Beth took my name, things changed dramatically. Before she took my name, when we got married, we, we didn't live together. We didn't sleep together. We didn't have sex together. None, none of those things. We'd have the same bank account. Now, it would have been vain for her to take my name and then things remain the same, that we live separate places and, you know, uh, we're just boyfriend and girlfriend. That, that would have been her taking my name in vanity. If she just went down to the courthouse and changed her last name to Bruger, and that, that's the only thing that changed, she would have taken my name in vain. But she didn't take it in vain. When, when she took my name, things changed dramatically. We moved in together. We started living together. We started sleeping together. Things, things, changed, things changed a lot. It wasn't vain. There was a difference. And here it's saying, don't take God's name, and then things remain the same in your life. If you take his name, and you can tell he, he really wants people that bear his name for there to be a dramatic, drastic difference than from the people around them. He's talking about the same thing that Jesus was when you become light, and then you hide it like you aren't light, like Paul was saying in Ephesians chapter 5, you are light, but you're not living. You're not living like it. Don't take his name. I, I am Christ. That means I am, I am light. I am a revelation. When you watch the way that I live, when people watch the way that you live, it sh they should be getting revelation about who God is and his nature and his power and his love and his kindness and his mercy. They should, they should be experiencing light when they are around you. Otherwise, we're, we're frustrating God. He won't hold us guiltless. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. That when Jesus came, it was light stepping into darkness. That, that's, that's Christmas. And every time you and I step into a, a place where there's unbelievers, it should be like a Christmas experience, light coming into darkness. Every time you walk into the workplace, walk into the store, walk into, walk into the restaurant, whatever it is, walk into maybe a, a family member's home, man, it, it, Christmas is happening. Light, light is, light is coming as long as you will allow God to shine in you and through you. Just be true to the nature. True, be true to the nature of Jesus. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Well, that's this week's message. Thanks for joining us. To stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also watch previous week's services on our YouTube page.